congratulations to Team USA. This is the 2019 Gospel World Championships. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to part two of my interview with uh, Nate Kreider. Um, we're just going to dive right in. So let's uh, kind of want to go into, I guess, not so much like the worlds, but just kind of back into like the captain mindset based off your experience. And um, one of the things I wanted to ask you was, you know, what can a, a team do, whether it's, you know, um, I guess premier is, is the new word for elite, but a competitive based team, what can they do to improve their synergy, especially if they are, you know, not, not everybody's in the same city. Um, what advice would you get for that to get people on, on board and, and bought into, to a system? Um, honestly, just open communication, right? Like, like, and, and honestly, you have to like the people that you play with. You, you can't, you can't hate the person next to you. Like it just doesn't work that way. Like the reason doom was so successful is, yeah, we were all good at dodgeball. But we all genuinely loved each other's company. Like if you watch us out there on the court, we were just laughing and joking and, and having fun the whole time. Our huddles, we were just talking nonsense. Like it wasn't, you know, too serious or whatever. And, and with, with team USA, obviously we only got to meet once before worlds. Like we, we had one weekend to, to get this together, but we had an ongoing group chat where everybody was communicating. I mean, I sent literally daily, daily running, you know, workouts or daily, you know, videos or whatever. Like, Hey, this is what I'm doing today. Like who else is, who else is up with me or at 5am, like blah, blah, blah. It, it's, it's so important to, to genuinely enjoy the people that you play with. Um, and communicate with them. Like if you have a problem with someone or you don't like the way something's happening, tell them about it. Be like, Hey, I don't, this isn't going to work for me or this, this needs to change like this or whatever. Um, and then you need to come up with a system that, um, that shows the strengths of your team. Right. So like, if you're like a super athletic team, like you have to build a game plan around that and, and, and use that to your advantage. Right. Like if you're not a super athletic team, then obviously you slow the pace down. Like, like if you watch how rise, used to play 8.5 like and not saying they're not athletic but they were they were so slow and so methodical because that was they played to their strength right whereas doom we were a little bit more athletic so we played a little bit quicker um you know and, and then so we would we would tailor things to the the strengths you have on your team right so when when we pulled the when i pulled myself out and put all the young bucks in like they played the game plan but they played the game plan a little bit a little bit quicker than than i would have because they are a little bit quicker, right? They're, they're, they're a little bit quicker. They throw harder. They move better. Like they could do things that with, if I was in there, it would have been a, like a half step slower. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's honestly just, it's just, uh, realizing where your strengths and weaknesses are and tailoring a game plan toward that. And obviously knowing your opponents is huge, like studying your opponent's tendencies and, and setting a game plan. Like you can pick a team apart if, if you find holes in their game plan, like, there were certain teams at that tournament where we knew exactly what they were going to do when they were going to do it because we watched film and it was so telegraphed that we could just pick them apart. And, and you know what I mean? And it's, it's stuff like that. Like we tailored a game plan to certain teams because we knew that they were going to do this. And so we had counter moves all set up when, when in fact they did it. And, you know, it just makes it easier for teams to be successful. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm definitely going to, yeah, obviously buy into this next year, but like I, for some reason it, I had like the hardest time wrapping my head around film and dodgeball. And I, that's not like trying to just be 
stubborn. It's just, I, I never thought dodgeball would get to the point where it's like predictable because it's still, you know, you got like six balls, 12 individuals, so much stuff that can happen. But I guess if you watch it over and over again, you, you do see patterns, obviously. I mean, that's it's kind of like a question, but also I, I know the answer is yes at this point, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you, like you see how teams react with two balls. You see how teams react with three balls. You see tendencies. It's yeah, like you said, it's pattern recognition, right? So you, you, you can pick apart another team if, if they, if they have a game plan where they have certain things that they do, right. That are, that are predictable. So if a team, team a has three balls, right. And it's a certain three players and the person on the far right throws that ball every single time based on where the person in the middle lines up, then you can predict that that's coming. So that's an easy shot to avoid and it's an easy shot to counter. Right. So, or if you have one team that, you know, has throws, throws their fifth ball often to give you five balls, like you, then you let them do that. Like you allow them to throw, you know, low percentage shots at you gather five balls and then you respond by hitting two targets. Like there are certain things that, that teams did or, or teams do that if your, if your eyes are open to it, and it's been pointed out to you before, there's this like eureka moment where you're like, oh, wait, is this what they do when they, oh, that's what they do. And then when you see it on court, you're like, oh, here it comes, here it comes. So in the huddle, you're like, okay, here comes this play. They're going to do this. So this is how we respond. And you kind of bait them into to doing the thing that you know they're going to do uh, because you know how to respond and, and it's going to work out in your favor. Um, so, but, that, but that's part of like the game playing on a different level. You, you need to try to understand other people's tendencies, but you also try, you need to try to disguise yours and have so many wrinkles in your game plan that you you are so hard to game plan for. That's awesome. Yeah. Who would have thought, I mean, coming from like 2004, that dodgeball would evolve to where it is now to where the point was like, you're, you're, you know, you're being watched on film. So you're not only are you utilizing film to analyze the other team and, and, and understand tendencies and patterns, as you said, so you can have that, like, okay, I've seen this before. I know it's going to happen to the point where you're, you're even kind of like intentionally trying to be unpredictable so that the team that's going to watch you on film can't really, that's just crazy. Like that's, I mean, that's the level we're at now. So, um, yeah, I yeah, guess we did just... that. Oh, go, sorry. No, go um, ahead. yeah, we kind of did that, um, a little bit against, uh, Malaysia and round Robin where we didn't want to tip our hat fully because, they they have like we were okay losing to them and and i actually like unintentionally lied to the team we didn't have a nine point cushion we only had like a four and a half point cushion um so yeah so i i i messed up and i was like oh but i didn't want to tell them that you know so i was like let's just keep within this and they're like okay um because i i totally botched how point differential works up and then lou comes up and goes he goes we messed that up and i was like no i know we just figured that out it's like okay um and then ketchum was the first one to catch it and then he brought it and we were like oh god but anyways so we just knew we had to stay within a certain amount of points, but we also didn't want to tip our full hand to them because they are so good at responding. Like if you watch them over the last few years, like they'd lose a round Robin game to someone and then just destroy them afterward. Right. I actually think they did that this year. I think they lost round Robin to Canada and then just beat them pretty heavily in, in the bracket because they are so good at responding to, to teams and, and game plans and, and evolving into, to, to a hard team to beat. So we, we knew that they could beat us. we, we were okay with that. I hate losing. Don't get me wrong. Like I didn't want to lose that, but we were okay with it. Um, but we also didn't want to like, be like, Hey, this is our full gamut of, of what we're going to do because then they would, they would see it, they would watch it, they'd respond to it and they'd be that much harder to beat. Um, so we were trying to do the long play and, and fortunately it, again, it, it worked out, um, really nicely for us. Um, so I was, I was pretty pleased with that. Well, the two aspects that I really loved about that was, um, and again, it's like, Oh crap, they lost to, um, 
you know, Team Malaysia, you know, this is me watching and, and catching up. I hope that doesn't impact their, their psyche. You know, they've, they've been rolling pretty hot this whole time, but then, you know, you go back and you find out, oh, okay. Like you said, you guys didn't want to show off your hand necessarily, but you also didn't want to, you know, stress winning to the point where you risked injury or played a little too hard because you still had plenty of, um, plenty of cushion, whether, you know, it's like they thought it was nine point, but it ended up being a four point cushion to still maintain top seed. So I felt like that was a great move. Um, talking about like, you know, some Sun Tzu type stuff. Like that was, that was awesome. When I heard about that, I was like, Oh man, they're, yeah, they, they know what the freak they're doing. Yeah. Well, and we had, we had two other games that day too. So we had another round Robin match and, uh, or no, we had two, we had two playoff matches that night as well. So Saturday was a crazy day for us. We had, um, two round Robin matches and then we went to the one V eight and the one V four. So we also didn't want to burn ourselves out against Malaysia and have, just a huge letdown and, and have Australia beat us and, and then everything's for nothing. So we needed to also keep everybody fresh and keep our arms fresh and our bodies fresh. So that was also the, another caveat that we kind of, we, we knew was in there to, to, to play easy on that match. And not that we played easy, but cause I'm no disrespect to Malaysia at all. Like it wasn't about that. I still wanted to win. Don't get me wrong. Um, but there was that, like that kind of in the back of my head, like, okay, no big deal. If we do lose, I'm not going to put Eli and Mikey out here throwing hundred percent because it doesn't really matter. And I need them hundred percent for the one before uh, matchup that we'll get later today. Yeah. You want all, you want to lay it all out there towards the end, not, not doing a round Robin matchup. Yeah. Cause even if we did lose and we got the two seed. Okay. Then we play, we play Canada instead of Australia. Like, you know, we were comfortable with, with either one of those matchups really, but, um, but we, I mean, the one seed sounded good. So we, we kind of would rather have Canada and Malaysia battle each other. Um, nice. Cause last year we had to battle them both and, and obviously it didn't really work out in our favor. <laughs> yeah. It was, that was a gauntlet last year. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't great. So kind of talked about like, so Sergio kind of had this question. Eli had something pretty similar too. Um, and this, this also came from, from Lucas. So it's like a two part question. So the first part was, um, what advice would you give to all players out there who want to be part of team USA for 2020? Um, honestly, like, talent is talent is 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 something that you can't really you can't really train for or whatever right so you there has to be a level of talent there right like eli wasn't you know he didn't train to be this this 17 year old prodigy he's a very talented kid but he also works harder than everybody and he studies the game harder so talent is talent needs to be there obviously a little bit but you just need to understand how the game works right um so personally I, i've never been the most talented player Right. So like I'd never thrown as hard as a catch him or a Mikey or, you know, any of those guys, I don't catch as well as either one of them. You know, I don't block as well as Mikey or Elijah or whatever, but, but I, I put my understanding of the game and my dodgeball IQ up, up against anybody in the world. I've always prided myself on knowing how to beat other teams and putting my team in a great position to do so. Right. Um, so that's what kind of, I think set me apart a little bit is, is, my understanding of the game. Right. I, I think I'm a, I think I'm a really solid player. Like I don't get me wrong. I'm not just sitting here saying I'm not a good player. Cause I, I really believe that I'm a solid player, but, but my mind is what made me team USA captain. Right. It, 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 it was because I understood the game. I understood how to win the game. I understood how to get the best out of the players around you because at the end of the day, it's a team sport, right? Like we're, we as individuals make team USA. Right. But they, they watch that. They watch the combine, the scouts watch the combine. They watch how you react as a full team. They, they want like you, if you're the best player, like on a team and you're just blowing people up, but your team keeps losing and you keep making mistakes or whatever, 
or you're, you know, the third best player on, you know, the six V six team at the combine. Like I think our six V six combine team, three, three of the players made the team is me, C. Drone, Jeff, Jeff Giovinco because of how we played as a team. And, and, and I think I made it because I'm a good leader and, and Jeff was a perfect middle role player that couldn't get hit and hit his spots. And the Cedro was obviously a Cedro. Um, but it, it's not about, you know, being the best at this or being the best at this is about being the best at what you do and, and, and doing it the right way and, and putting your team in a position to win. Um, cause the winning team always gets the attention. Like you, if you're the best player on a bad team, nobody really cares about that. You know what I mean? You just yeah. want to, you just want to win. Like if you look at sports, like, Michael Jordan, like all these players, like like obviously Michael Jordan's incredible, but but you look at Charles Barkley, who's one of the greatest players of all time, but he's not talked about in the top ten because he never won a championship, right? You have Carl Malone, who never won a championship. You have all these people that it's always rings or or bust. Um, you know, Dan Marino never won a championship, so he's not consider he's not talked about in the the Joe Montana, Tom Brady, John Elway discussion, right? Um, but you know, winning is the is the is the key, so you need to do whatever your team requires to do that, I guess. So it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier about like, even the team itself cannot out, out talent the other teams. Now it, it comes to having a system that works, has to have like uh, a check your ego at the door. You have to be able to understand the bigger picture and sometimes realize where you fit, whether you're on the court or you're not. Um, so be able to, to incorporate that into your, your game plan, I guess, if you're going to go to the combine, yeah, you gotta be physically fit. You have to be conditioned. You can't go out there, you know, heavy and winded when you're doing these drills, but you also have to show like, I guess like an aptitude to be able to play as a team member. And I think that last part is what's, um, that attitude is just like often overlooked because we're still, we're still in the mindset where I can throw 80 miles an hour. That's all I need. It, it like, that's, that's just not the case anymore. And I think people are kind of, um, shooting themselves in the foot if, they, if that's all that they bring to the table. So yeah. Like if you, like what I said earlier about how Ketchum had his best tournament I've ever seen, like, if you watch, like he he didn't stand out near as much as he did last year, because he didn't take near as many throws. But he was the best player I've ever seen him be, and it's because he he did his job exactly what his team needed to do. It. He obviously still took a lot of throws. He made a lot of catches. He hit a lot of targets. He was still Andrew Ketchum, but he also understood that if if you rely so heavily on one player and then they get that player out, the mental boost to them and the mental shot to you is is so crucial to the game. Right. So if, if, so how it worked this year, if they got catch them out, we were like, Oh, that sucks. But the other five players on here have also been hitting their shots and also throw well and also play great and catch him was confident leaving the court. Like he wasn't, it wasn't like where if he gets out on, you know, like in a, in a, in a random tournament or whatever, or even back in the day elite where he was, you know, obviously the best player in a gym for a lot of those times. And if you get like your game plan was when we played certain teams, if we put catch him was on there, it's like, just get catch him out and we'll focus on the rest of the people after. Right. Like this year when he goes out, he's like, it's okay. And you clap. And he's like, cause he was confident in us as confident as we were in ourselves and our team. Like, so if one person got out, no big deal, we would just respond and, and, and kind of move forward. Um, so I, I think he had his best term ever because he was, he was fully bought into the system and he trusted everybody and trusted himself. And, and it was, it was really, it was really something to watch. Um, so yeah, so I think, you know, talent is huge, but, but you're trying to make, you're trying to be one of the 12 best players in the country, right? You're not going to be the corner every time. If, if you're a corner on your elite team, chances are you're probably going to be playing middle on the national team, right? Like every person that played middle on the national team is a corner on their elite team. Like Dylan said, Dylan plays a lot of corner on heat, but he was a middle the whole time. Jeff Geo plays corner on his team. He's a middle the whole time. 
you know what I mean? You're, there's only two corners. And even even me, like I stepped out of corner twice for a catch him because he was playing a better corner than me. Like it, it, it's something where I should, I haven't played middle in, in years and years. And he's like, he's like, yo, he's like, he's like, I'm, I'm doing well in this corner. Like, let me just tee off on this guy straight in front of me. I was like, okay, done. So I played the five. Um, and so, or sorry, the two, but um, so yeah, so I played right next to him and, and, and it worked and we ended up winning and that's kind of what it's about. It's, it's, it's about being able to play anywhere because you're going to be asked to do everything. So versatility, long story short, versatility is kind of what, what you need to have. For sure. Yeah. I also wanted to comment too, like just kind of going back to, uh, to catch me having his, like his best performance ever. Um, cause I've seen it too. Like, you know, he, he does have a tendency to carry the team on his back and that makes him play a little bit more risky than he would need to. So if you have that confidence that the guy to your left and your right is a, playing just as well they're just that high caliber and they're just as bought in um it takes that pressure off to you of you mentally so and the results kind of speak for themselves but um yeah you could see it too on him he he was he was so much like you said he was carrying so much less weight on his shoulders and you could see it in in his attitude he was just like fully like all smiles and like he'd get out he's like oh it's okay we got this or whatever and like you know it wasn't like i'm out we're gonna lose this game kind of thing it was like uh it was like oh i got out that sucks but we're still gonna win yeah, I still got so this. It was, it was really cool to watch. I think yeah. a, I think a great example too was, was Dylan. So, you know, he he was on Team USA, I want to say 2016-2017. Um didn't make 2018, but instead of pitching to fit, instead of saying I'm the best player there is, why why am I not picked? He just asked what could I do to do better? Like that's that's what you got to do. Like that combination of like what what you were saying and just having that um okay, um, how do I improve? How do I actually come back next year and prove that I'm an asset to this team? If you go in there thinking like, you know, I'm the best person ever, um, me, 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 you're just, I feel like you're missing the, the point entirely. But um, I think I think people can grasp what it would take to become part of Team USA. Just to sum up, just right attitude, um, get your butt in the gym. As you said earlier, if you're, if, you, if you're not training now, it's already too late. Like you, you need to get on it. But um, wanted to also ask, um, what's what's in store for you so like we, we kind of just making sure i answered um oh actually shoot jump the gun um so part two of lucas's question he also said what's something most people wouldn't expect about the dedication and sacrifice required to make the journey so it sounds like a really pointed question but um can you elaborate on that a little hmm. bit or, or, or kind of just what what you think might be like a i guess like a surprise or i mean Honestly, I don't think like the, these podcasts, I think will open a lot of eyes, but I still don't think people understand what, like how much dedication, how much time, how much care and how much love go into these things. Like, like for this, for this five days, like this, it's so overwhelming to a lot of people. Cause I talked to a, a handful of people that it was their first time at worlds and, and, and you go to elites and you're like, okay, this is, there's a lot more teams here, but there's something just different with having USA on your chest. Um, every player that you've ever played you know, at elite, at your leagues, you're representing them as well. Um, and, and obviously with USA being like a, like an athletically pretty, pretty dominant country in the, you know, in the, in like history, right? Like every Olympics were up there in middle count, every, you know, basketball were obviously the best. There's like, we're, 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 we're a very athletically driven country. Um, so that there's also, that's a part of like the pressure that goes into it. But, but you go there and you have, you have five days to, 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 compete at this sport that you've spent 10 years or however long, right? Like I think I'm 10 years in now, nine, nine, 10 years in. Um, and you know, some players have, you know, 12, 13 years in some players have, 
you know, just three, but it's three years that they've dedicated. They spend all their money on traveling to tournaments and do all these things. So like you have all this, all this time and money spent and dedication, but you only have five days to kind of prove that you're the best in the world. So it's just this overwhelming, like, like feeling of not pressure necessarily, but sort of where it's like, I have this one shot to kind of, kind of make this happen. Um, and if you don't buy in right away, like let's say you wait two days to buy in and you've already lost a couple of matches, then your shot is almost blown at that point. Like then the road is so much harder. Um, so it's, it's getting yourself in the right, uh, the right mindset. Um, and honestly pushing yourself to be in good shape. Like, like w- this is the top level of a sport, right? This is the top of a top of a sport. Like LeBron James is in the gym in the off season, like every day. And he's always in the best shape. Dude is, I mean, he's younger than me. And people are calling him old and, and, you know, past his prime and blah, blah, blah. But dude is still working harder than everybody. And he's, he's still the best player in the league, right? Like, because he works harder than everybody. You can't expect to go into a sport that people dedicate their, their, all their time and free and money just, and just be like, yeah, I'm just going to walk in here and be the best. It's not going to work that way. Like, every player put in the work. Like, I worked out and ran more than I ever have in my entire life. I was physically in the best shape of my life. Mikey Ketchum, best shape of their life. Dylan, best shape of his life. Isidro, like all these dudes. Vince, like all, like everybody. Glenn was working out constantly. Cody Stidham is just, just this athletic freak. So I think he's always in pretty good shape, to be honest. Um, but uh, but yeah, like everybody was in such good shape and, and put in so much time and so much work um, that I don't people I don't know if people realize like how serious the top level of the sport is to to be the best. Like it is it is really hard. Um, so you, you can't just like walk into it and be like, yeah, I'm going to be one of the best just because I've played this sport for this amount of time. And it's like, okay, well, Ketchum's played this sport for 10 years, but he also is working harder than you and he's working out and he's running and he's studying the game. Do you think you're going to go out there and be, beat him? Like, there's no way. There's no way. Like, and you're trying to be one of the 12 best in the whole country. Like of the thousands of Dodger players, you're trying to be one of the 12. Like that's a hard, that's a hard ask. And if you're not working harder than literally everybody else in the country, you're not going to make it. I think it's only going to get harder too, because as the sport gets, um, you know, as it expands, as it gets more visibility, there's going to be more people that I think like, dare I say their baseline is going to be like Mike McGee, catch them. Like they are already athletic because they're coming from, you know, disciplined conventional sports into something that's mm-hmm. a little more far reaching. And so the, uh, I feel like the climb is going to get a lot steeper in the next, uh, you know, three to five years, which is a good thing for the sport. But, um, yeah, I, I agree, man. The days of walking in and just kind of being a shoo-in because you can, you can throw fast and move pretty well. Uh, those are, those are gone. And I think 2019 kind of sealed that. Right. I, I think, um, uh, if you look back at, not to take a stab at anybody, I'm just going to kind of keep this general, but if you like, take a look back at some of the team USA rosters out there, um, it might've seemed like that, like, oh, okay, they're only here because they're the closest to this tryout or what have you. But, uh, that's going to go away if it's, if it's not already. So. Yeah. And I think, I think the way we did it this year and the way that we prepared and game planned and, and like had a, like a, we had like, like any other sport, we had a playbook. Like we had things that, that no matter what scenario came up, we had a response for it. Um, and we all worked at it and we all, we became this like fully functioning, like perfect example. And again, perfect is a tough word to use, but like, in my opinion, that week was perfect for me. Like it, like we were a perfect team, top to bottom, everybody on the roster and the coaches. Like, so I think we set the bar really high, um, for what, obviously I think Brent and Lou will coach going forward. And I, at least I hope to do. Um, so even in their minds, like, I think we set the bar extremely high, um, 
to, to make the team and to be the right personality, right? Like talent, again, talent gets you so far, but then if you can't understand what we're doing or you can't follow or can't get on board, then, then you're going to get left behind. Like you need to, there's more than just the physical, like you need to get your mind in the right spot. Um, and again, if you think you're going to be one of the 12 best in a sport in your country, like you better be working harder than everybody else. Kind of have to like think about what that means exactly. Like, okay, I want to be the top 12 in my country. That's, that's implying an awful lot. So yeah. I mean, with, with how many players there are. Yeah. Like, like top 12 in the country. Like, like if you look at like the, the Olympic basketball team, right. And the, the year that everybody plays, like, you know, the, the year that LeBron plays and, you know, James Harden, Steph Curry, all those guys play. Like you look at who's left off that team and they are NBA all-stars. They are incredible players, but they are not one of the 10 to 15 best in the country. Like they're just not. And you look at you like, holy cow, like how does that player not get on? That is, he is a, he is an all-star. He might be a hall of famer. And it's like, well, because there's only, you know, 12 spots to fill on this team and you're going to take the 12 best players we have. And you know, that, that is such a, that's such a, you know, high mountain to climb. Um, and again, I feel very fortunate that, that I've, that I've made it the times that I have. And I, I feel fortunate that I've been chosen captain, but I also have, I've put in more work than anybody else. Like, you know, I, I, I study the game harder than anybody. I, I work out, you know, harder than just about anybody. And again, that's not like, I, I mean, some of my teammates work out harder than me. That's not a shot at them, but like, but I'm not, I'm not going to let anybody take that spot from me. You know, they gotta, they gotta earn that. So, so speaking of that, and, and like, this is one of the questions I was really saving kind of towards the end was, um, I mean, you had a little bit of like a, dare I say, like a trial period where you were thinking you were done with dodgeball. Um, was that like a couple of years ago, last year ish? Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I was playing with it for, it was, it was after worlds last year, um, where I knew I wasn't going to play elite anymore cause I wasn't enjoying it. Um, and I didn't really enjoy worlds all that much last year. Um, like even the journey up to it wasn't, wasn't ideal for me. And, and there was a lot of like stressful times and, and whatnot. Um, and then the tournament itself was great. Like Jake threw a great tournament. I was, I was very proud to, to be a part of it. Um, but, but yeah, I didn't really enjoy myself. And so I had to really do some soul searching that, you know, maybe I was done with the sport. Um, and then I didn't play for a couple months and then I went to, um, the Atlantic cup, um, because Ketchum and, Ketchum, Glenn, Cody, and Cedro and Stone uh, were like, hey, come with us. Like, dude, let's do this. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right. And then I was talking to Jake Macy. It's going to be a cool event. And, you know, so I was like, all right, we'll give this a shot. And then on the back of the end of that, we did the API, which was the Asia Pacific Invitation, I believe, um, in New Zealand. So I was like, okay, this trip will kind of determine, you know, what my dodgeball future holds. Um, and I'll kind of see if I still enjoy the sport or whatever. And the Atlantic Cup was awesome. The the hosts were great, and the the event was run so well. And there's just such love. There's such a love for that sport over there that people are just pumped to ref. We're like here, everybody hates refing and hates doing these things. But like, there's people that would like if something got spilled on the court, they'd run out and clean it up. If there's sweat, they run out and clean it up and be all happy about it. It's all volunteers and all dodgeball players, and it was this really really beautiful event. Um, and then went to API, and again, it was a bunch of foreign teams. You know, obviously we were the foreigners there, but um, you know a bunch of Malaysian teams and, and Australian and New Zealand teams and teams from all over the place. And it was, and I met so many cool people and, and so many interesting, you know, humans over there that loved the sport. And it kind of gave me a new perspective on, on the sport and that I, that I could just enjoy it for, you know, for this, for how, what I always did. I just enjoyed playing it. Um, 
And then um, after we fortunately won those um, and I was kind of sitting there, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go out with a silver medal. There's no way. Um, so I committed fully and, 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 you know, got on a pretty strict routine and, and was ready for the combine, had a great combine. Fortunately, um, was picked for the team and, and, you know, was fortunate enough to be the captain again. Um, and then, you know, again, got in the best shape of my life. I think I dropped like, yeah, like I said, 10 to 12 pounds from the year before. And I don't even have a lot of weight to drop. Like I'm a pretty lean guy as it is, but I was going to say, where, um, where was it, man? Cause like last time I saw you, um, in, in the classic, like you seemed like regular old Nate to me. So you must've been, yeah, back. I mean, I, 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 I like, I think I, my, I got to 168, um, something like that. 168, I think like, I don't know, like a 6% body fat or something like that. Um, so I was pretty, uh, I'm pretty lean at this point. Um, but because you look at the Malaysian players, like they're so quick and so hard to hit and so agile that like carrying that extra 10 to 12 pounds, you know, felt like a lot. Um, and it was muscle. It wasn't like I was like, I wasn't a fat dude. I was just, I had much bigger arms and much bigger shoulders and a bigger chest. And, and, but now it was much leaner and it was, it was, I was a lot lighter on my feet. Um, so that really was helpful as far as stamina and also, you know, my mobility goes. Gotcha. Yeah. And it paid off. So, um, everything, everything worked out. So it, it thankfully was, was the right decisions to make. I would say so. Cause I mean, look what you would have missed out on. I mean, it's, it's good to hear that, you know, while, cause we all have it, we all have a, like our dark moments, but then if you just kind of maybe take like a, I don't know, like a trip or you just kind of look at it from a different perspective, something about dodgeball, um, you know, pending major life choices or, or an injury, something about dodgeball, I feel always pulls you back. If you, if you just kind of tune out whatever it is that's bothering you, in your case, it pulled you back. Um, and then you decided I'm not going to go out with, with just a silver medal, but, um, now that you have a gold medal, now that you are, you know, as you say, like in the best shape of your life, I mean, do you, is there more gas in the tank? Are you looking at Glasgow or are you, are you looking at, you know, do you have like a, almost like an exit strategy, but are you going to keep going or, or what's, what's the future look like? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I felt great. Like I, I had one of my best tournaments to date. Um, you know, I felt really, really confident, really good. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I feel like I can still run with the young kids. Um, and I, and I think my play proved that. And I think my leader, I, and I also think like the, the way that, you know, these young kids are to play with, like they, they are, it was such a joy. It was such a joy to play with these guys. Like, and not just the young kids. Like I love playing with, you know, the older guys as well, Vincent Stone and, uh, Stidham and Glenn, um, and Drew, but uh, like, I, like, I love playing with them, but like the, the, the future of the sport looks so bright with these kids. Um, you know, and even, even some that didn't make the team this year that I think have a shot at making it like that came and shagged like Matt Levine and, uh, and Xander, um, have also have bright futures in the sport and, and their positivity, you know, with not even playing, they were just, they were, they were there to, they were there to support us with, with ball retrieving. And they were so positive and so pumped and they had energy, beautiful energy all weekend. Um, it, yeah, that, that, that rejuvenates you a little bit, you know? Um, and as long as I can still run with the young fellows, I think, you know, I might, I might have another year in me. Um, I'm going, I think I'm going to go to API again in Malaysia this year. So that'll kind of, I think that might, you know, be a, I'll see how I feel there and see how I mentally feel. And if I'm ready to commit to another, you know, four or five months, cause this year it's two months earlier. So this is, it's in September this year. So we only have nine months until next year's worlds. Um, so it'll be a short, a short, like, you know, victory lap and then 
back on the grind if, if that's something that I feel like I want to do. But I'm, I'm leaning toward coming back for 2020, to be honest. One more year, I think. Nice. Yeah. It's good to hear, man. It's, it's always, uh, for me personally, it's always a shame to see somebody exit the, the dodgeball community. Cause it's like, you know, see, yeah, we see each other like maybe, you know, three, four times a year. And, um, it's just one of the things like we're so small, like you feel that loss, um, at least in my, my, my perspective. So it's good to hear that you're still going to get after it. And, um, it's interesting because, um, I was really surprised, you know, with, um, with Paige, her, you know, being accepted into dental school. So she's going to potentially, she says she's going to, she's done, but she, you never know. But you know, Mikey's taking a year off. Um, it's just crazy to think like, that's like, you would, you'd want to see like the same lineup repeat, you know, you want, you want like a two, um, you know, a back-to-back, uh, world championship, but you know, but it, being what it is, dodgeball is, you know, it's unfortunately requires a lot of sacrifice, a lot of time, but, um, yeah, it, it's good to see that you're going to stick around and, and not fully call it quits yet, especially, uh, with the momentum you guys generated. So, yeah, I'm hoping Mikey changes his mind. I'm going to, um, try to, try to be in his ear a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, <laughs> I was gonna say, even no, he's, he's, get go after him. yeah, he, 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 uh, he's making a good decision for his, for his life. So I, I support and trust that kid. I love that kid. So, um, and the page thing I didn't even, I didn't even hear about, to be honest. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so yeah, I think, I mean, again, no, no, I'm not saying I am playing yet, but I, I I'm definitely, the body feels good. So I'm leaning toward, um, you know, make another run three, three gold medals sounds cool. So I, I wouldn't mind giving that a shot for sure. I think, uh, I think the last question I have, and this might be, um, a big one. Cause uh, I think you kind of prepared for it already cause you knew it was coming, but, uh, shout outs. So just looking yeah. back from, from everything, um, what, what do you got? <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah. So I'm going to be pretty long winded here. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I want to shout out first, uh, Lou and Brett, um, for months, those dudes just listened to me and, and, and took my like ramblings of my half cooked ideas in Facebook messenger group, um, and, and made it into this, like, you know, able to read well-worded kind of playbook. And, and, and they sat with me for, you know, we sat for an hour before the team met up to, to come up with strategies to beat certain teams. And, and I, I just am so appreciative of those two's dodgeball mind, but also like the way that they care about people. Um, and the way that they committed to this, to this journey and, and fully bought in. And so I was very appreciative to them. Um, stone, uh, was a perfect co-captain. I'm, I'm pretty overpowering at times. Um, you know, I talk in every huddle. I, I'm always the one yelling. I'm always the one like, you know, kind of encouraging and I kind of step on toes a lot, um, with, with co-captains. Um, but he kind of let me do me and he was the more like the more reserved, quiet, like, you know, one-on-one talk to the team co-captain. Um, so I was very grateful that he, um, understood kind of how I work and, and kind of let me do my thing. Um, and, 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 and not being like offended or, or, you know, slighted by it because he played a huge role in this team and I was very grateful to have him. Um, Vince, uh, Cody, Glenn and Drew, um, those dudes were just perfect teammates all weekend. Drew was hurt and he was, so that's why Drew didn't play all that much. I don't know if that's something I, maybe I just spilled some beans, but he was hurt. So he couldn't play um, all that much. So he was just this great supporter. Um, Vince Cody and Glenn played consistently well all weekend. Um, and, and when they didn't get as many reps as, as obviously they would have liked to um, because of the matchups, they were just perfectly supportive teammates and, and we do not win without them. Um, and I'm very grateful to them um, for just being there. Uh, catch them. Again, like I said before, it's the best tournament I've ever seen him play. 
Um, he was so consistent, so good, mistake-free dodgeball. Um, and I'm just proud of the way he played um, because with someone who as as talented as him and has the accolades that he has for individual kind of performances to put his, to be able to put that aside for the team to win was, was really big of him. And I'm, I'm grateful to him. Um, Dylan was just a perfect teammate all week. Um, he, we asked him to do a specific job, even if it meant self-sacrifice and he did it every single time. Um, and he also was my sounding board when I was getting frustrated and pissed off and he's cause he's so rational and I was, I was very, uh, very appreciative of that. Um, Isidro, um played lights out in the final and then pulled himself because he knew that at that situation that I was the, the better option at slowing the tempo down. Um, and that was the, one of the biggest things I've ever, I've ever seen a teammate do, especially someone who wants to play as badly as Isidro. Like one thing you'll know about Isidro is he just wants to play. Like, it's not about like, he wants to win obviously, but he also just like wants to play dodgeball. He loves playing dodgeball. So even in like joke, joke, fun tournaments, he just like, He's like, man, I just, I just want to play. And it's like, yeah, but we're here to have fun. He goes, yeah, I know, but I, but playing is fun for me. So he just like, he just loves to play. And the fact that he pulled himself in the biggest match of his life, um, because he knew that's what the team needed was, was, was gorgeous. And I'm very grateful. Um, Jeff Geo, like he was asked to do something huge. He had been sitting for, you know, 15, 20 minutes. He didn't start. He didn't play very much in the semis. I don't think, um, and we asked him to, and I, I asked him, per, like coming from the captain, that's a huge thing. I, I asked him to go in there and provide a spark and to, to, to get us going because we needed to pull away from these guys. Because if we kept it close and it came down to a coin flip, then that, that's something I really wanted to avoid again. Um, and honestly, he made me look like a genius. So I really appreciate um, him playing so well because then it made me look great too. <laughs> um, Mikey, Mikey is just, he's just a perfect soldier. That dude is, is, honestly one of the brightest minds in the sport that I've, that I've seen. He is just, I was so blown away with how smart he is. And he, he, I don't know if he gets credit for that. Cause I didn't know this about him, but he is so smart. Uh, perfect teammate always was positive, always had a good attitude and, and did what the team needed for him to win. Um, again, I hope he changed his mind about 2020, but either way, I'm so grateful. Um, and I will, you know, be his friend forever. Um, and then finally, Eli, um, the dude was my, he was my little road dog all week. Like he was, he, we, we talked all the time. Like he was babysitting me on the after party night. Cause Eli doesn't drink. So he's like, all right, you've been watching out for me all week. I'm going to babysit you tonight. Um, nice. <laughs> so he was looking out for me at the after party. Yeah, he was, he was great. And, uh, and he was just a, he's just a good kid. Um, and honestly, I think, you know, he has the potential to be the best player we've ever seen in this sport. He already is one of the best in the world. Um, but the way he listened, the way he he responded to to what the captains told him, the notes, and I asked him to play every position on the court, and he did did he did it without without batting an eye, and he did it perfectly. Um, and his composure, um, and just his mistake free dodgeball was incredible. And he's also a super super funny kid, um, which I don't think people know that, but he is such a fun person to talk to. Um, and I just really enjoyed my time spent with him. Um, but yeah, and then Jake um, and the selection committee. Um, I just want to say thanks for all the work that they put in because it's a very thankless job. Um, and Brendan Tickner, um, behind the scenes stuff was great. Um, but yeah, so thanks to everybody that was involved in this. And I'm, I'm very grateful that, you know, I was part of it. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's, a. it's definitely a, like to say a group effort is, is kind of like a, I'm sorry, like an understatement. It's obviously it's a given, but, but so much work went into, that gold medal outside the court, I think, um, you know, from like retrievers to 
to Jake and Brendan, um, the committees, uh, the coaches, like it, it was just such a, it's an amazing thing when everything works, right? Like, and then the end result yeah, is, is gold. It, and the end result is exactly like it was the goal, right? Like not often do people to reach the exact goal that you're going for. Right. So the fact that we set out this goal and it was a high goal, like gold is tough. Um, but everybody involved did their part to get there. Um, and then finally when you have it around your neck, it's this really incredible feeling. I bet man. Well, I hope that feeling lasts obviously, uh, you know, over the next couple months, um, saying that Glasgow is what nine months away is, uh, it'll be here before we know it, but, um, definitely hoping to see a return. Obviously want to see a repeat more gold. Um, and I just want to go back to what I said earlier. Like, I, I feel like, uh, we'll, we'll look back five, 10 years from now and be like, yeah, 2019 team USA changed the scope of competitive dodgeball in America. So it's, it's, it's pretty awesome to be able to witness it. Um, I guess in my time through my perspective as well. Um, so what a ride dude, that's all I can say really. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a beautiful journey. Uh, sad that it's over, but I'm glad that it ended the way it did. For sure. Cool, man. Well, I think, uh, I think we'll go ahead and end the interview there. So that was part two of the world's recap with uh, Nate Kreider and Nate, thank you so much, man, for, for giving me, um, your time and, and being willing to just let me kind of pick your brain. Um, I feel like, a lot of great um, insight was provided from both your perspective as a player, as a captain, and as somebody that's been a part of Team USA from 2015 when you guys took gold then to uh, last year when you guys took silver to the path to victory for this year. And um, I, I just, I, I know I, I know I say this too. I sound like a broken record, but I, I just cannot believe how far dodgeball has come in the last five years um, to go from, you know, rounding up, four or five of your, you know, best friends that, that played sports or, or, you know, had a decent arm and winning a championship to this level of, you have to be in shape for the combine just to be considered to be on team USA, uh, speaks volume for speaks volumes for the evolution of the sport and what the people behind the scenes have put into it. And also just what is at stake for, for those of you that, that are wore the, uh, the team USA Jersey. Um, I'm glad you had a, a nice list of people to shout out, but, um, my goodness, was there, was there a lot of people involved that made it happen? So if you had any hand in this, whether you are a ref, a retriever, a commentator, um, streaming, helping with the stream, uh, just any kind of organizational um, participation in, in making worlds happen, um, you're a legendary at this point because we will be able to look back at this 10 to 15 years from now and say, you know, it, it started here. Um, it really solidified at this time. And it's, it's an exciting thing to be a part of it, um, even in a small facet. But anyway, uh, definitely ramming at this point. So I'm just going to go ahead and leave it at that. So thank you so much to everybody that submitted your questions. Thank you so much for listening as always. And um, if you're still with me, have a great uh, rest of your evening, a great rest of your week, great weekend, and we'll see you next time. All right, so that was a um, it was an interview. Don't worry about the fact that it's not a minisode.